podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello and welcome to episode 349 of We're Still in Lockdown and It's Too Fucking Hot and I Don't Like It, I Want It to Go Away, Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring and as always I'm joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. I'm Matt Foster, hello everybody. Coming up on this week's show and I hope that everyone is safe and well, uh, incidentally, should say that. Yes. Uh, stay safe, keep your distance, you know do all the fucking common sense things that apparently you don't have to do but you probably fucking should um so coming up this week we have got reviews of uh a random kumail nanjiani double with um (laughs) the um netflix uh release that came out last year uh last week was supposed to be coming out in cinemas but netflix bought it the lovebirds um, and we're going to do a bit of a catch up review of his uh, team up with Dave Bautista from last year, Stuber. Um, we've also got the iTunes 99p rental of the week, Kevin Costner's The Postman. Um, we've got news. I don't know whether we've got trailers. Um, I don't think I do. We don't have any trailers now. No. There wasn't. What? What was that? There's. I just looked. There's. Vienna okay. Phantoms. No. And Irresistible. Irresistible trailer's been out for ages. Why it's not on there? Have it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it. We've watched it. You have. It's clearly very memorable. Then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> um. So yeah, we'll have some what we watch. We got some uh, questions and whatnot as well. Um. So um. I said this on the Patreon bit, but apologies, patrons. Either my Mac or Patreon is being a dick and he's basically refusing to upload the cat's commentary. Um, I'm trying to sort it out. I promise you I'm trying, um, but it, it's being a dick, but hopefully that will be um, coming or, or will have come by the time this is out. Yeah. Um, the, the next um, maximum damage is in the bag. Uh, I just need to send it across to Ian. Uh, it's available to go. Ready to go. Good stuff. Nolan chat's going to continue at some point. I don't know. I kind of my 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 hesitancy with Nolan chat is I feel like the minute we record another one, they're going to announce that it's been delayed till December. Yeah, it is. It is at the moment. It's like we don't want to be responsible for the tenant getting cancelled. No, yeah, quite. So I, you know, um, it may well. It it it's just if we can get through the next couple of weeks, and the R rate hasn't gone mental and cinemas are still like it's all systems go, then, you know, if like, I, I, I don't know, like if I've got to record some slow solo or something like that, and then so be it. But, you know, we will get some Nolan chat out there. It just, I don't, after Ian's guide to bondage, I'm not entirely sure my heart can take it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh so yes uh th- there will be nolan chat at some point um but patreon.com forward slash film bastards two dollars a month um you know that th- there has been a, th- a good chunk of extra content over the last um couple of weeks there was uh, about a half hour or so section of uh, mark and i talking about the snyder cut um which i'm going to keep exclusive to the the the, the patreon bit 
um, kind of feels like it's probably old news now anyway. Um, so, you know, that, that there is stuff there. So news. There is news. Um, so Apple TV have suddenly gone behind Charlie Big Bananas um, with a couple of stories this week. Um, unconfirmed reports that they're going to be partnering with Lionsgate on the Hunger Games prequel. Uh, Lionsgate probably signing the deal and then realizing, oh shit, hang on a second. No one saw that last Hunger Games film. What have we done? <laughs> uh, um, uh, but yeah, teaming with uh, Apple on that. But what has been confirmed, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, um, $200 million budget. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, will be released theatrically by Paramount and then we'll be going to Apple TV Plus with Apple um, basically co-financing the um, production. Um, it, the, 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 the terms of the deal essentially mean that Paramount get to release it. They get fuck all of the back end, but they get to have their name on it. And obviously, if it's a big Oscar player, then they get all the prestige from that. And Apple get something big for their streaming service. Yep. My I suppose the question really, though, is this film's probably a couple years away. Is Apple TV Plus still going to be like a viable concern by that point? Um, I think that they're going to, they've decided, I think, that, right, if we're going to do this, we've got to start doing it a little bit right now. Yeah, they've phoned it in. Um, yeah, they've, they've phoned it in, and I think they've they've gone, right, well, we, we don't want to... They've not wanted to go out there and splash a lot of cash and buy a load of um, properties, you know, to have there. So I think now they're looking at going, right, we need to we need to start being a bit more proactive. We're heading towards, you know, it almost been a year. And they've probably looked at it and gone, right, how many people have actually signed up and are paying for it rather than people who have um, just got it for free and have gone, like, there's like six people paying for it. Um <laughs> uh, and so the, I think they've gone right. We need to pull our finger out a little bit. Um, the interesting thing there is again that, that Apple have jumped in and are going to use this as a prestige thing, and it, it's very it's very interesting that that's what they're going for. But yeah, it is going to be this film isn't going to be out next year. Mm. You know, it's going to be a good couple of years uh, before we actually see this movie because they've not started production of it yet. Scorsese famously uh, takes ages to edit these big projects that he does. Um, you know, it, it, what um, The Irishman was a year late. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, it's... It's going to be fascinating to see what Apple do, like you say, within the next six to eight months. Not about stuff that they're going to do that's going to be on their platform, stuff that is going to drop immediately on their platform. Mm. You know, it's all in good buying up these movies or financing these movies. They need to start populating that place very, very soon. Yeah. 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 Quiet. Quiet. Uh, um, I, it just it kind of feels like these are the kinds of deals that should, they should have been making like a year ago or two years ago. Um, I, I mean, good good luck to them. 
um i you know i like my apple products i'm a bit of an apple fanboy. um i think tim cook is generally a force for good in the world um you know or at least he, he says the right things anyway and you know he seems to put a fair few of them into action so i i like me some apple and you know i it just apart and what else are they gonna have they've got the new sofia coppola film that's about all they've got at the moment like i mean there's probably a bunch of unannounced shit but i i I get the feeling that maybe if the world wasn't upside down and film festivals were happening that they would have like gone in with big big old fucking dick swinging huge balls into can and god we'll have this we'll have this we'll have this we'll have this yes france you can have your theatrical release don't worry about that we just want our name on it and you know release it on apple tv when we can but they've been unable to do that um it yeah i don't know it's 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 interesting um and the fact that netflix apparently basically went nah you're all right um i wonder what the cause of that was i mean is it just like they've already been in the massive budget scorsese game and for what you know you know what i mean it's um did, did did the irishman win any oscars i don't think it did did it it didn't i think it's more that they they've done that um and it was i think it's just it's a lot of money and i think maybe they've just gone you know what there's a possibility that apple have just come in and said look we'll we'll, we'll give you more and outbid them yeah yeah no i mean yeah no quite it's just 200 million dollars man like that that's a spicy meatball um but um, a fair fucking play to scorsese i mean like it's i was was kind of sounding like the irishman was bad there fucking adored the irishman you know it's just what did it do for netflix i mean it's going to be coming to criterion blu-ray at some point maybe they can try and recoup some money from that for the 200 people who buy that you know um yeah it we'll see we'll see it it just it, it feels like too little too late for me but I could be laughing on the other side of my face come six months' time when they bought everything that plays Toronto. Yep. Um, also, Ryan Gosling is yeah. to star in a new version of The Wolfman, which is being touted as kind of in the style of the Blumhouse Invisible Man in that it's going to be, you know, taking The Wolfman but telling telling things in a way that you don't expect – um, I mean, obviously we had the Joe Johnston film from about a decade ago now, which was originally going to be, uh, what was the story on that? Did Mark Romanek start filming that and then he dropped out or was he like in pre-pro and then dropped out and then Joe Johnston took over? He was, I think he'd started filming. Sure yeah, started. something like that, wasn't it? um yeah it's um that's interesting um so i don't think they've announced the director on this yet have they um so Corey finley who directed that hugh jackman one bad education that hasn't come out over here yet he's like being kind of like strongly rumored to be um the director but it's not um uh it's not been confirmed yet um, based on an original pitch by Ryan Gosling. Um, and I think he was looking at it potentially to direct 
um kind of early on as well um i i wonder if um the the universal execs were like have you directed anything before ryan and he was like um i don't know what the right answer to this question is um and then they managed to see lost river and then maybe went uh no uh, <laughs> That, that was the only film he's directed so far, wasn't it, I believe? Yeah, yeah it's an interesting bit of work, that. Um, but, I yeah. Um, Lost River will have a bit of a... Uh, it'll have a bit of a re-evaluation at some point in a few years' time. I really liked it. We've watched that a couple of times, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. I watched that with Donna back in the day. And, um, yeah, no, it was... Um, I, 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 I remember liking it as well. Um but this is um, said to be like apparently uh, the, the the pitch is kind of Nightcrawler with a supernatural twist. Um, I don't know, man. If it's going to be Ryan Gosling like trying to become like Charlie Big Bananas by killing all these competition as a werewolf, kind of think I'm up for that. I am very up for that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, uh, we didn't talk about a couple of. I don't think we talked about Lynn, um, Lynn Shelton or um, Fred Willard last week, did we? Um, didn't know. No. Um, yeah, fucking hell. Like Lynn Shelton, like fifty-two. I want to say she was. Um, direct, uh, like interesting director. Kind of was doing a lot more TV stuff, but your sister's sister was. Um, was um was was pretty it was good and i think um hump day was uh pretty solid as well um just I, one of those I, I ones like yeah yeah no quite i mean it's just it's one of those ones where you kind of thought you just hear uh oh lynn shelton's got a new one out that's interesting for like years to come and yeah. then bang blood disorder gone fucking horrible um, um she, the latest thing she did that little fires everywhere yeah is- uh, is it Reese Witherspoon who's in it? That's, I've heard quite a lot of good stuff about that. Yeah, Donna really liked that. She like mainlined it in like one or two days. <laughs> it's just come out on Prime, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got Reese Witherspoon in, and and it's TV, so um, yeah. <laughs> it's not your. No, mind. no, <laughs> just no. Uh, but yeah, no, quite. I mean, that's the thing. Like, so she was. She's done like quite a lot of um, TV work. Um, she did um, Glow, uh, which uh, starred Mark Maron. Uh, she was in a relationship with, and um, yeah, it, like I say, it just kind of felt like at some point was she gonna make a film that was gonna be like fucking hell, and then get her in, like into the award season conversation, then see her kind of progress down that road, and it just wasn't to be. It's uh, very very sad. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a shame. It would have been interesting. You know, like I say it was it was interesting to see where she was going. Quite. And uh, Fred Willard. I mean, fair play. Um, the guy had a life. He he wasn't looking particularly well in his um in his last appearances. Um, he was in the last season of Modern Family. I think he's in one episode of that new Space Force, the uh, Netflix Steve Carell thing. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hell of a fucking career. He was like one of the best things in pretty much everything he was in. Yeah, he was. He was one of those guys where when he turned up, you were like, you were essentially waiting for him to do something really funny. Yeah, yeah, 
no that's that, that that's exactly it but i i, I suppose that's from a couple of, uh, weeks back now but I, I thought i should touch on that um okay yeah, so age, oh then. sorry bex was he just old age with him because he was he was like 86 wasn't he yeah i think it was it was it was old age rather than anything sinister mm. yeah yeah quite um not covid or anything like that which is good um Okay, so no trailers this week, as we uh, said. So let's talk some uh, The Lovebirds. Uh, Sue, this is directed by Michael Showalter and stars Kumail Nanjiani. It looks like maybe about halfway into his training for The Eternals, <laughs> where, I don't know, like you look at him compared to like how he is in um, Stuber and... Like, it's just that, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 20% more jacked. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, So, uh, stars Kamel Nanjiani, Issa Rae, Paul Sparks, Anna Camp, uh, Kyle Bornheimer, and uh, others. And, uh, yeah, so this is the story of a couple who uh, are basically breaking up um well they have kind of just had the conversation where they've decided to break up and um find themselves um in a bit of a tangled web uh when um a guy claiming to be a police detective uh basically apprehends their vehicle and then runs a cyclist over multiple times (laughs) and they basically have to try I don't know. It's it's difficult. What are they trying to do? They're, they're, they're on the run, but trying to clear their names by finding out who the guy is that's murdered the guy on the bicycle, who Mustache is, and who Bicycle is. Yeah, they're trying to solve it so that they're not... Yeah, so they can clear their own names. There we go. There we go. It's... um, I don't know. It was a plot that I found slightly hard to keep track of. But it might just be because I, I I had a few drinks, um, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Becky, what did you think of the Lovebirds? Yeah, it, it is a bit of a weird one to ta- kind of keep track of. I think partly because, and and don't get me wrong, I didn't dislike it, but it doesn't have the substance to keep your attention the whole time. If that mm. if that makes sense, like it's not wasty enough. It's very flimsy. Um, but it's fun. I mean, we watched this and Stuber both on like Sunday during the day, didn't we? Just it, and it was it was a good Sunday movie. Um, it, it has some weird pivots in it. There's some very odd moments. The Eyes Wide Shut Club is a bit is a bit strange. The fact that she's so into the fucking orgy is always funny. <laughs> I thought that that was that that was pretty strong. <laughs> The, the unicorn outfit as well that was that was a weird weird little thing funny but like she was already wearing the unicorn t-shirt and the sparkly leggings I feel like the the hoodie the unicorn hoodie was overkill I feel like she didn't know that it had a unicorn thing on the hood when she bought it and it didn't, just kept on putting the hood up but didn't know it had the unicorn <laughs> thing on it um but, but yeah it's it's fun enough and it's nice enough and all the loose ends get tied up by the end and stuff and it's it, it's good Sunday viewing is what I would say for it. Uh, uh, Mark? 
I had a ball with it. It's I laughed an awful lot. Uh, if a comedy ever, uh, Kermo's done this thing for years, and I kind of agree with it and don't agree with it at the same time. In that a comedy can be called great if it can make you laugh a certain amount of times. I think a comedy it depends on what this comedy is trying to make you laugh consistently through it, and it does. But it also it it, it managed to be a sort of thing that had a uh, a pause comedy for me. So a moment where I actually had to um, pause the movie because I was laughing too much during it. And it was at the line, um, you know, that's why I can't be a professional boxer because I, I, I bleed too much. <laughs> fucking killed me. <laughs> yeah. It absolutely fucking killed me. Um, two leads that were, their their little arguments where they kept on going off in a little... Um, just like like curves in the middle of an argument, like like the orgy argument they have at the start, and it's like I mean that's that you're describing as a gangbang, not an orgy. It's like well, that, <laughs> and it, it, with stuff like that, I think it's any couple will look at that and go, that is relatable, that is highly relatable. Um, People that don't know how to argue properly. Yeah. We do that frequently when I get it, or yeah. just like just pick on each other, <laughs> like really small things. We don't argue. We do. We bicker. But yeah, two leads. I think a really charismatic hold it together. Are really fun to be around, and when you're spending the entire movie with them, for them to be fun to be around is is absolutely paramount. Um, I think that the part of the um, I agree that the the story's a little bit chaotic to go around. I think that is partially it's supposed to be like that mm. because yeah, it's yeah. supposed to show that that they they don't really that they're just on the they're just riding on the cusp of all of this. Um, but I also do like the whole I, I like a all happens in one night movie. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's they're they're very relatable characters as well. Like that that is a good point that you made there. When they when they are kind of sort of having a bit of a bickery argument and then there's like an aside which like at times there will be like not arguing about something but like discussing with bigger something and they'll be like oh by the way did you get milk while you're out and you know like there's just little asides and they they do that kind of thing and the the fucking ending that that was was awesome them just arguing while they're in the greatest race or whatever it is yeah um was 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 funny. That that's what we would be like if we were doing something like that. Oh yeah. What the fuck are you doing, Mark? Hurry up. <laughs> what did you think, Ian? Um. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I thought it was I thought it was all right. Um, my big problem with it is just production value. It doesn't look like a film that would be getting a fucking cinema release. It, no, it, I, it, it looks like a Netflix film. Y- yes, it does. And yet it was originally made by Paramount to be released in cinemas. It looks so fucking flat. Um, there, th- th- There's really no interesting visual moment at all. I mean, Michael Showalter is a bit of a, like, cranks them out comedy guy. Um, and I don't know, like it's 
comedy is one of those genres where it's almost like people think you can just stick a camera down and as long as people are in uh are funny in front of the camera then that's absolutely fine and i i just i don't know like there, there are moments in this that could really could have um had some impressive visual stuff in there you know the that there's there there are car chases and whatnot you know um there there is some action but i mean even the um the eyes wide shut bit i mean all it is is like wide shot of people in masks camera doesn't move close-ups of those two or just kind of like a wide shot of what's going on on stage and that's it there's just there's nothing that interesting going on um visually but it is it is funny enough um i you know i i I had a decent time watching it but i mean it's like um so the guy directed uh the 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 big sick as well and but again i mean that's more a drama but again that's not a particularly visually sumptuous looking film either i don't know it just it i just it, it didn't really get get me going in that way which is a shame i mean like you even look at something like stuber and that felt more like a film to me um this felt like a tv comedy that somehow was going to be released theatrically as a film and i suppose it, it's if it was just a netflix film i probably wouldn't have that like i mean i don't know that the wrong missy the david spade one like I'll probably end up watching that at some fucking point and you're not going to have me having a go at the visuals of that because it's a fucking net it's a Netflix film and it's not like the Irishman or Roma it's speech speech marks a Netflix film this is a Netflix film that somehow it wasn't originally a Netflix film um but yeah I mean Issa Rae very funny Kamal Nanjiani very funny they got good chemistry together um yeah i i it, 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 it was a it was a perfectly good enough saturday night and if that's damning it with faint praise then fair enough no i i think it's i think that's a perfectly fair comment it, it, it's a it's a very very watchable movie mm, yeah I, I found um it's i think the only way you'd um, struggle to d- dislike it, uh, not necessarily really think it's fantastic, like that. the only way you'd, you'd dislike it is if you go into it knowing you're, that it's not your thing. Yeah. You know, but it's a, it is a perfect date movie. It would be a good date movie. It's a, it's a great date movie, and that is, that's where they'd have, they'd have looked for the, the cinematic uh, thing, would have been the date movie angle. Mm. But, whether or not that works, but I do agree with you. It, 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 it's it, it to say it's not a Netflix-made movie, it's a Netflix-bought movie. It looks so much like a Netflix oh, it movie. Absolutely does, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I, 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 it, it just it, it quite it really really put me off just all the way through. It was just just do something interesting visually, like you you you're doing enough in terms of the comedy and whatnot but i don't know do more (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i again i mean i think it's because you know i i watched stuba the day before and stuba kind of had more 
going for it, I thought, even though, you know, it's a two-hander comedy starring Kumail Nanjiani. So, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, def- definitely not shit. Um, yeah, definitely not shit. Yeah, yeah. Bex? Yeah, definitely not shit. I, um, yeah, it was perfect Sunday movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, our audience poll was definitely not shit, 50%, and touching cloth, 50%. Fair enough. Um, okay, so... Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. They're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. craft beer junkie do you eagerly anticipate the freshest ipa release from your local craft brewer do you check in every beer you've ever had on untapped do you know the difference between a belgian triple and a berliner weisse then do we have a podcast for you what's untapped podcast gives you beer reviews interviews with brewers behind the scenes access to beer festivals games and more whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing what's untapped podcast is something for you Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always, keep drinking, you dum-dums. Should we talk some Stuber then? Why not? Okay, so this is directed by Michael Douse, um, director of uh, Coffee and Kareem. Uh, so second one of his that we're talking about in, uh, in a few weeks. I love, I the, fucking uh, love... Mm-hmm. The mental thing is that is it's the the cinematographer for Lovebirds was the cinematographer on Coffee and Kareem. Are you fuck really? Yeah. It, it just. I mean, Coffee Coffee and Kareem. I remember not looking that bad. Yeah, it's the same cinematographer. Oh, fair. Well, you know, I. I suppose is I don't know is it the director then anyway um so Stuber uh now available on Sky Cinema and now TV in the UK I'm sure it's on some sort of streaming service in the US um yeah directed by Michael Douse um starring Kamel Nanjiani uh Dave Bautista Mira Savino uh Natalie Morales uh and Iko Uwais um of the raid who I'm just glad he got a paycheck for this quite frankly it's always <laughs> nice to see him it's like him and like Tony Jar and that other one who played like Mad was it Mad Dog in the raid like the long haired dude yeah and it's just like whenever he turns up in something it's like yeah fuck it a you know like <laughs> um 
the guy who played Mad Dog does a lot of the um, stunt choreography now for um, like John Wick and um, like fast movies and stuff like that. I fucking love that guy. I, I think he's in a Star War. He's in one of the Star Wars. Yeah, he is. He's in. Um, he's in um, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. Because Eco Uwais is in that as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, fucking mental. Anyway. Um, yeah. Mad dog. Good man. Uh, so, uh, Stuba is the story of Stu, played by Kamel Nanjiani, a um, Uber driver and kind of like big box retailer employee who is investing in a spin gym class with his uh, college friend slash potential love interest played by Betty Gilpin. Um, he picks up um, Victor, played by Dave Bautista. Uh, but Victor is actually on the hunt of the, the pe- pe- people who killed his partner, played in a ca- cameo at the start by Karen Gillan, and the two form an unlikely friendship kind of thing. I suppose you could call it a friendship. Um, and can I just say as well, uh, Iko Uwais is uh, in the Snake Eyes film playing a character called Hardmaster which might be the best character name of all time. Um, hard master. <laughs> fucking hell. Like, fuck, Eco Uwais has got, like, mad, that, he, he's got some credits. You know, he's been in some stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he, he's, he goes for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, for, good for him. All five foot six and a quarter inches of him. The, the mad thing, um, I remember reading an interview with him um, where they asked um, what was the, you know, the transition like from going from, um, you know, moving into American cinema. And he said, well, I had to learn English because I didn't speak English. Um, so oh, was that that was that the hardest bit? And he's like, no, the hardest bit was. Um, they said to me, oh, it's really good. You can do all of this, all these fight scenes and everything like this, and you can do, you know, all of this really intricate stuff. And like, he's like, yeah, yeah. And so I said, right, uh, there's only one problem. I was like, what? I said, you don't have a six-pack. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't look like you can do all these things. He's like, right, but I actually can. He's like, yeah, but we need you to look like you can, not just be able to do them. <laughs> Oh, nice, nice. Uh, I, it's, um, that's harsh. It's mental, isn't it? It's mental. What's that? What did I miss? Basically, uh, Iko is, uh, basically was told like two things he needed to do to, to keep his career going, but in American films and English language films. Mm. One, learn English, and two, get a six-pack. Mm. Because he it, it, it didn't have one, even though he could do all of these things, and they thought it was really weird. <laughs> yep. But regardless, Mark, what do you think of Stuber? Um, it's. I enjoyed it. My only issue with it is, it's it's a short movie that feels like a very long movie. Yeah, it did feel way longer than its runtime. Um, but it's. It's it's funny 
because again, you've got in the Silhouette of Lovebirds, your two central characters are amusing um, in that sense. And you're following their journey and going through it like that. I think um, Dave Batista is, is a great comedic actor. He's got a great comedic energy to him. But he, he looks the way he does, which makes it even more sort of interesting in, in terms of like that. Um, I think his arc throughout it was quite interesting with the way he started to warm to Stu. Steve. Yeah, the fact that he keeps on calling him Steve um, was was always quite amusing. Um, and Kamal um, Nanjani playing a more of a straight man role, I think, worked out quite quite well there. It was, again, a chaotic one. But I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as Lovebirds, but I did enjoy it a lot. Okay, nice. Bex? Very similar, to be fair. Um, I There's funny moments in it, but it felt really baggy to me. Um, not enough individual things happen, if that makes sense. Like, there's this there's this portion in the middle where you're just like, yeah, yeah, still doing it. Yeah, okay, cool. And it's just, it's just, it just felt baggy. And I think that's why it felt longer than its runtime. Um, but th- there are some really, really good moments. Like the bit where he, where he kind of stands up to, um, God, I can't remember her name now. The one that he like, is in love with. They like, open. Yeah. Yeah her character and he and he calls her and he's like no I'm not willing to do it to myself anymore I'm not going to just have casual sex with you I love you and if you ever you know you don't feel the same way and I'll call you when I'm not waiting for that click and it was just like yeah you fucking go Kamal Nanjiani you stand up for yourself you know there was some really good bits like that where it was like it, it was a bit deeper yeah I I, I... Still would really like to know how much Uber <laughs> funded this. Oh payment. my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the bit with the male stripper was funny. That was good. It was like giving him advice. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it's one of those films I definitely will watch again. It's again, it's another, it's a Sunday afternoon movie. It there's not, there's not that much substance. It's to a it. Thursday night movie for me. Uh? It's a Thursday night movie for me. I don't know whether I'd waste a night on it. I'd waste a night on it. It's a Monday early evening film for me. You know, like, I don't know, about quarter to five. Solid shout. Yeah. What did you think, Ian? Uh, I really liked it. Um, I think I liked it more than The Lovebirds. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, like, this got very kind of... Like, snarky reviews when, when when it originally came out. Um, and I, 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 it, it is quite old school, I suppose. Um, it's not a film which is high art. Um, but I enjoyed Dave Bautista getting angry at Kumail Nanjiani. Um, I, the extended bit of him driving early on. Uh, where he kind of hits Kumail Nanjiani and he's just like saying out of the way to nothing at one point. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was fucking fantastic. Um, and just the, the kind of like the slow roll just into the like the hole that had been dug in the road. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, it, it's like Dave Bautista is an interesting one because he's he's someone who 
doesn't seem like he he is like necessarily like naturally funny but he's good at being funny on film um and yeah i i just that that him fucking just I, I this is the thing i'm a man of simple pleasures and him just like blindly shooting at nothing i just i think he's funny um especially when early on you kind of see like his prowess in in fighting and then like the next time he's in an action scene he's just shooting at nothing and kind of like const- constantly missing his punches um and yeah yeah i i i really enjoy i thought the betty kilpin subplot was um really solid as well because I, I i was waiting for it at the end of the like okay well he got with her kind of thing and then it, it did it it did actually surprise me when it was like oh shit no he got with victor's daughter all right then fair enough yeah i mean there, there was a bit of a spark with them like early on when they were talking to each other but they they play on the betty gilpin thing so much that you think it's just going to pan out but no like you say that the scene where he's just like i love you I'm not, but you know, I'm not just going to wait around for you forever. Interesting moment, you know? Um, yeah, I, 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 I had a good time with it. And as I was saying earlier on, it looks like a film more than it doesn't, which I appreciate. So yeah, no, I, uh, I had a good time. I think it probably would be one I'd watch again as well. Yeah. What I will say is I would very much watch, um, Karen Gillan in a straight, not a comedy, a straight cop flick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, it's I it, it I want I want to see her do some kind of like more serious badass stuff as well. Like with the Avengers films and Guardians of the Galaxy, there's there's never a joke more than a minute away, mm. and it's like no, I kind of want her to get her teeth into something, you know. Yeah. Um, give, Plus, give her a twenty one bridges. Yeah, get, 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 get her in the next David Ayer movie. <laughs> She's got an Oculus. She's got an Oculus, yeah. She's got an Oculus. Anyway, you, you and your fucking David Ayer, you're going to get your bloody Ayer Suicide Squad cut at some fucking point. It's going to fucking happen, is. I was there from the beginning with that one. <laughs> like, what? Just, I, 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 we're probably coming to the end of Stuber anyway, but what the fuck is that? Like, as soon as this Snyder Cut stuff comes out, David Ayer's immediately out there going, well, I wasn't happy with the cut of the film either, blah, blah, blah. Fuck off. The thing is, he's been saying that for ages. He's been saying it for ages. He's been saying constantly, look, it's not... Th- yeah, it's my movie, but it's not. that's not my movie. It's nowhere near. They completely recut it. Said, um, and it's really disappointing knowing that my, there's a movie out there with my name on it that is not my fucking movie. And he's been saying that for a good couple of years. But then people started saying, oh, I didn't release the air cut. And he's like, I mean, I don't own it, so I can't say anything <laughs> like that. But it would be a completely different fucking movie. I just, I, uh, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Like, Jared Leto, that performance, the bits of that performance in there, do I want to see any more of that? Not entirely sure I do. Um, I work better in context. With him, with him having, with him having a larger role, it might not seem as shitty and jarring. I want to see the scene where he's laying out all those knives in the circle around him. 
I want to see what leads to that. Yeah, like, cause that's it's because that he basically said that we had to cut that for, to get the certificate. We had to cut the, the the sequence that is that for the certificate. Yeah. All right. But yeah. like, what, what the fuck? I mean, it, I suppose it's interesting because like the way it comes comes off in this cut is basically he's a bit of a performative arsehole who just likes putting knives around him and then like fucking snow angeling in them. Yeah. Um, it's it said that his his version is a lot darker than the version we got. Yeah. He's a, but you know, he's previously said previous to all of this, it coming back up is that the actual, you know, the whole thing was his fuck up because, um, he, he should never have thought they're going to let me make a movie. This, the, the movie that I wanted to make because it was so, it was, a lot darker than the movie we got. And he basically says that the entire ending isn't what he did, what he wrote. Hmm. Oh, I just remembered Suicide Squad's the enchantress one, isn't it? Yeah. That's just she's awful in that. She's not great in that. What Delavine? Yeah. Mm. I, I I like her in Valerian. Like she she she's got a certain amount of chops in that, but. She's just fucking awful in Suicide. She's wrongly cast. She is, yeah. But that, I just, I can never get out of my head that image of her just doing that weird fucking stupid swaying dance thing. Yeah. yeah. Suicide Squad just didn't work, did it? It just didn't work. But it introduced the, it introduced the world to Captain Boomerang. It did introduce the world to Captain Boomerang. And he's going to be in the next one. It it is going to be the redemption of Jai Courtney. If if Jai Courtney now becomes like the next great action comedy star, I kind of think I'm here for it. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd be up for that. I'd be up for Jai Courtney becoming okay, because you can see why it didn't quite work for him. But if he comes out and like you say has an element of buffoonery to him, that could be quite nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Why the hell not? Um, the Suicide Squad coming next year, I think. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Um, what an interesting bloody slate for DC that will be next year. Like James Gunn's Suicide Squad and the darker, more intense, the Batman. Like that, That's going to be a, a hell of a, a double bill. And they're, they're going to be resuming shooting on the Batman uh, in the next week or two as well. It's yeah. going to be fucking fascinating to see how they do a socially distanced Batman film. It's just going to be basically like the bits in the Arkham games where you're just like hiding from the guys and he's just <laughs> taking them out, but for two hours. <laughs> yeah, a lot of batarangging. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, interesting. Um, right, okay, so definitely not shit for Super, or what are we thinking? Uh, definitely shit, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, probably. Wow, not shit. that was the most unenthusiastic demo not shit ever. Yeah, well, the rating system's flawed. It's not flawed. It is. It's the perfect rating it's system. Not. It should be how everything's rated. It's flawed. It's not. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm a, a thoroughly definitely not shit. Oh, well, I'm a tentative, definitely not shit. Well, fuck you. Nice. Quite nice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Our audience poll. Definitely not shit, 33%. Touching cloth, 50%. And shit, 17%. Fiddy percent. Fiddy, sorry, fiddy percent. Yeah, it's 
it's really non-inspiring to me. Fair enough. But yeah. Well, after that um, kind of lowering of the energy, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's snort some uh, uh, virtual angel dust and get into some what we've been watching. Becky, give us something you you're, you're passionate about. Go. Hang on. I don't know what I've watched on my own. Okay, so I've only watched on my own Stardust. I fucking love Stardust. I have watched that film, I, I think, more than anyone else in the whole wide world. Nice. It's, it's just fucking great and it's magical and lovely and just, just, yeah. It's not boring. It's really good. Um. I think I think maybe I've got a lot of affection for it because Isabel used to really love watching it when she was little. A little, uh, still quite little. Um, and it was one that she she never kind of like fidgeted through, which was good. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's I just I just really like it. It's a really good story. It's really it's really beautifully presented, and it's fun. Fair enough. So, yeah. That's it. That's all I've watched on my own. I watched it on. Right. Yeah. Should we go through? Okay. What is it? Have you not watched anything on your own? Uh, I watched a little bit of Run, but that's going to be part of the maximum damage. Uh, and no, the rest of the stuff I've watched with, with you. Pretty good self. Mm, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. No, I'm good. Cool. Um, so, we, we, we finished up our, our Robert Wangdon trilogy, didn't we? We did indeed. So, we watched Inferno. Nice. <laughs> Weirdly, like every film that we watch now that has anything to do with like um, things spreading across the world is viewed through the frame of the current pandemic, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's really strange, and like obviously this is this is a man-made like virus essentially, yeah. isn't it? Um, which is hopefully very different to what we're going through at the moment. But it's it's you still can't watch it without kind of colouring it, yeah. yeah. It's it's fucking great in Inferno. It's it's just it's just all the what these films offer is like it's like the whole mystery chase film. They're all the same kind of format. There's always like a race against time to do stuff and it just makes them exciting. But they're not they're they're complex enough that it's interesting. But not too complex that it's like going. Oh, I'm cleverer than you. I'm gonna trick you. I'm gonna trick you. So, um, I remember when we first watched it though, when it when it turned out that um, Felicity Jones was like the baddie. It was like, oh, not Felicity Jones. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's adorable. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just really good fun. Really, really good fun. And we, we return to them over and over again, don't we? There's still one major thing that still bothers me massively about this movie. Is it the fucking suit? It's Mark? the suit. It's the suit. You're wearing his suit, right? Ben Foster is what? 5'8, five, 5'9, five, and I Tom Hanks is 6'1. Six foot, six foot and Ben Foster's a billionaire. So therefore, the suit wouldn't fit him. It, it, it would. It would have been so easy for them to just have had the suit planted there. Maybe it's from when he was poor, taller, and fatter. Just I mean, that get over doesn't it. happen. I mean, um, but yeah, I, the great thing is it it, it it 
it's the most horror-y. Yeah. There's some some fucking imagery in this. Mm. And Ron Howard is is playing around with it and going, do you know what? We made Da Vinci Code and there was an awful lot of, you know, there was an awful lot of people were looking forward to it and a lot of eyes were on it. And then we did Angels and Demons, and it was very similar. And Inferno, they kind of did because they wanted to, rather than because they had to, or because people were even clamouring for it. Yeah. So they've gone, fuck it. It's half the budget of the other two movies, but we're going to do some weird fucking shit with it. We're going to have flashback <laughs> scenes where all this, we're going to go a little bit more, a little bit more B-movie. Yeah, the flashback bits are kind of spooky. Aren't they? Yeah, I, I I like that about it. And Hank seems to be on board with that. What you forget about mm. Tom Hanks is there was a whole period before Tom Hanks became Tom Hanks with you know with Philadelphia and you know and winning multiple Oscars. Yeah, there was a whole period where he was a genre B movie actor, very good at it, but he did genre picks, and so. It's kind of him getting to play around with this and be fun. It was also quite sad watching, you know, uh, Ifran Khan in it because he is brilliant in this as that character. You know, you'd, you'd taking away from this, you'd watch an entire series or an entire series of movies just based around that guy's stories <laughs> that he could have. Mm. You know, it, it's really. There is a sequel to Inferno, the book. Yeah. And I'd, 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 I would love to see them in a couple of years' time just do another one of these, yeah. like, like they did with Inferno. Mm. Um, you know, will it happen? Probably not. But who knows? Because nobody thought they were going to make Inferno, and then they kind of just did, and a trailer came out, and everyone went, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, really, I still really like it. Um, do you think they will adapt the last book? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of Marvel stuff, haven't we? Yeah, so we pushed on a bit with our uh, our Marvel rewatch, didn't we? Yeah, we we got through that the the, the shit bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we went through shit. the swamp. Yeah, well, the thing is, they're not shit. The early ones, but it's when you compare them to the later ones. There's, I think there's less riding on them. Yeah. Which is what is it? But then again, we watched we watched uh, Far the Dark World, which I didn't like when we first watched it, and I liked on this watch. Yeah. It's a lot lot better than I remember it being. Yeah, it wasn't. It it's not. It's not as weighty feeling as the later ones, but it is it is better than I remembered, definitely. Yeah, it still suffers from having zero villain in it. I mean, it, it literally, Eccleston has turned up, and that is pretty much it. Mm. You know, in fact, that might be pushing it a little bit. That he's actually even turned up. <laughs> he, he, he seems... Not interested at all in being yeah, yeah. anything to do with it at all. It's a terrible villain. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but it, 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 it's fun enough. It's fine. It got us through so that we could watch Winter Soldier. Yes. Which was like it's the first of the the what I would consider the really good ones. I fucking love Winter Soldier. Yeah, you do, don't you? My 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 heart fucking bleeds for for Bucky Barnes. That poor guy. He goes through the fucking ringer in the. Nothing to do with the fact that it's Sebastian Stan, though. No? Yeah, alright. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Alright, alright. Well, no, because then I'd just really love the fucking Thor movies, wouldn't I? Regardless of the fact that they're not very good. Sebastian Stan isn't in the Thor movies. No, but I mean, because Hemsworth. What? 
that's the thing that's down with today. No, it's Sebastian Stan's got some fucking good hair on him. Yeah. But he's he's really good as a baddie as well though. When he's when he's like the Winter Soldier and doing all that like baddie shit. He's good at being a baddie. He's good at being a bad guy. Oh, yeah. and that bit where he's like he's starting to remember about about stuff and he's oh, but he remembered me and I, I, I think I know him and then he wiped his fucking memory. The bastards. The bastards. Plug. I actually need to fucking hug with that guy. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 the first one where you start seeing Cap becoming the cat that we know and became more interesting of a character. Mm. Certainly there. I think it's um possibly Scarlett Johansson's weakest performance in the what is it? In the Marvel movies. And I think she's one of the, the absolute strong points of the whole thing. She doesn't thing. feel fleshed out, does she? She feels just like... She feels tapped on a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It feels like, like she's there, but she's not quite sure why she's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, it, it's difficult with Winter Soldier because it's like they kind of want her to be his buddy with a little tiny bit of sexual tension, just a little, little bit. But then they also want him to be buddies with falcon and they yeah. want him to be buddies with bucky um and it, it, there, there is that kind of sense of maybe there's one it maybe if you just had falcon or you just had black widow would that have made made the the relationship that that the, the existing one has with um cap um better yeah uh, yeah, probably, yeah yes that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. That's a really good Yeah. But it's diluted. Yeah, that makes sense. What I would say there is it, it's Anthony Mackie's best performance, I think, in the Marvel. Yeah, we, I was quite shocked. Yeah. We commented on it, didn't we? Yeah. It's not it, just it, like it, fucking white noise and static. No, it, he, you, it's actually moments where he's quite funny. You could actually focus on him yeah. without without going blind or boredom. Um, I, I, I honestly forgot that there was a point where he wasn't just really fucking irritating screen waste. <laughs> So harsh. <laughs> um, we also watched Guardians, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Again, I, I, I commented after this. They, the characters, they become a little bit, from what I remember, obviously, and that's why we're doing the rewatch, but in the other ones that they're in after this, they feel a little bit like they've gone, right, now you're all just comic relief now. And yeah. you don't need that. You need one comic relief and the rest you know it's not comic relief if it's all just fucking comic and they were all less annoying in this like Drax I found less annoying in this than I than I do in you see I'm the opposite Guardians I find it more too. annoying in this I prefer Drax when he is comic relief he's better at that mm. but if you didn't have my issue is in the later ones you've got Drax he's just comic relief you've got that what's she called with the Mantis. Man, Mantis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's essentially just cute comic relief and baby Groot oh look how cute baby Groot is like Groot is better than baby Groot oh, better than baby, baby Groot. Groot is fucking annoying um rocket in this is there's I think he stays quite similar to be fair though because he's obviously like he's I a bit of a tortured soul I, well. I, I think I think rocket is for me the most underrated of the Marvel universe characters oh god yeah and in the the thing with with thor in the um avengers movies is hilarious when he goes off with thor yeah it, 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 i do think he's a he's the unsung hero of the what is it mm. for me but yeah I, I really enjoyed this like it it was um 
I mean, I remembered it being good. So saying it's better than I remembered is is, is disingenuous. But it's it's got more deep moments than I remembered. I, I enjoyed how well it, it stood up. I, mm. I do. It does start to drag a little bit. Yeah, it does. Where, and I think that in number two, it does the same thing. But in number two, it doesn't quite manage to grab it back quick enough. Mm. So number one, that's dragged, but quite quite quickly it pulls back. Whereas this one, it, it doesn't. Whereas number two, from what I remember, mm. it, it struggles to quite get it fully back moving again. Yeah, but it's, it's waiting to hit you with the fucking emotional gut punch in number two, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I've got two more actually. We rewatched Ocean's Eleven. Yes. Uh, just because. I think we were just looking for something when I was like, I just suggested it to you and you were like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go on then. Yeah. And it's just really so It's mad that this film's 19 years old. That's depressing. Uh, but it's just, you go back and you look at it and the cast is insane. Um, but it is just really good, solid, entertaining filmmaking. Mm. And I, it, it's... We'll still watch 12 and 13 at some point, won't we? We're doing an option to watch, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I must say, out of the other ones we've got to watch, I'm looking forward to watching eight most. Um, but yeah, but it is, it's just really... It's just a really fucking good heist movie. A heist movie done well is a, it, is a thing of beauty. It feels really glossy. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. The the, the obvious down point is the... Donald Shields. accent is an abomination. It's horrific, isn't it? Yes. Well, yeah, that's us, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Ian? Ever so sorry, Lottie, Lottie's just come in the room, two texts. Sorry. Well, well, Bouncy's doing a lot. I did actually watch uh, Springsteen on Broadway, but it's not really a movie. So that it counts. Good, though. It's very good, yeah. Very good. I think if you are a Springsteen fan, be it a heavy Springsteen fan, or a. A medium to casual fan. Yeah. Uh, you'll get enough out of it. Um, I would say watch go on his YouTube first or watch a lot of the live performances of him just doing them just straight up rather than as a as a theatre production, mm. which is what this what Springs on Broadway is a theatre production. Yeah. So there's an element of storytelling within it um, that is Springs is always done, but it, it's enhanced within this. So you've mm. got an extra layer of He's specifically storytelling rather than just saying what's on his mind at the time yeah. that's there. Um, and it's it's just another interesting... Um, he was kind of like, at this point, was sort of looking back on his career and his life and sort of mm. saying, right, this is what I've done. And having, I think, a bit of an emotional release of these things with the book and then this. And I was, think it's interesting as well to kind of see how, how the songs, how he views the songs as relating to his life. Yeah, that's that's always interesting. Sometimes you listen to something like, "Where the fuck's that come from?" Yeah, and it, it, it's you know he's he's always it, it, it's a, he's showing you his version of how he sees things. Yeah, uh, it's really quite interesting with with that and the the level of confidence that he has without ever coming across as arrogant. You know, mm. he's it, he's not show it saying, "Look, I'm fucking amazing," but he's going, "Look." I'm really good at what I do. Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it's all, it's like it's one of those things like, do you know what? It's all right to say that when you're Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's if you they say, look, I'm, I'm fucking great. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, one of 
the premier rock stars and royalty if he just wasn't. Mm. Mm. Whereas he is, so it's all right for him to do it. I feel that he doesn't really say that. He just no, he doesn't say that. No, that. he just kind of like. But he, 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 I think it gets across how important the live experience is yeah. for him. Yeah. And if you've ever been to a Springsteen show, you know that he really does go through with that. Fucking hell, yeah. And mental that he's like in his late sixties. Yeah. But that's yeah. it for us. Okay, okay. Um, I'm back. Um, so I've got a couple of other things to talk about. Okay, so uh, I watched Bad Boys for Life on um, 4K disc. Um, I like uh, I, I like the film. I, maybe not quite as impactful as in the cinema. Just I think in the cinema it was like fucking how it actually works. Wow. Um, di- this time obviously that that there's not that not so much. Um, I think the Will Smith arc is very, very interesting and he managed to combine um, kind of like quite a serious plot about the sins of the past coming back to haunt you with, you know, you fucked a witch without a condom, you know, uh, which is (laughs) just incredible. Um, Now, this is part of a new line of 4K discs, which has this branding IMAX enhanced on it. And uh, it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. What's that about then? So let me um, let me pull up what IMAX have to say about IMAX enhanced. Um, unleash the power of IMAX at home. Uh, IMAX Advanced combines digitally remastered 4K HDR content and DTS audio technologies with best-in-class consumer electronic products and streaming platforms. Experience ultra-vivid 4K HDR picture with IMAX's proprietary digital remastering technology. Great. Okay, so it's a 4K HDR picture then. Great. Well done, guys. (laughs) Uh, immersive signature sound delivered by DTS. Right, so it's a DTSX track like lots of 4K discs have then. Select IMAX enhanced contact, content features its exclusive expanded aspect ratio the way it was intended. Yeah, Bad Boys for Life doesn't. Um, Basically, what the fuck? Like, it's... There is nothing here that makes me think, oh, shit, well, I'm really interested in IMAX Enhanced going forward. No. I mean, is it a good-looking desk? Yeah, it is. It'd be a good-looking desk if it had nothing to fucking do with IMAX. The audio certainly got nothing to do with fucking IMAX. It just means that you don't get it in Dolby Atmos. You get it in DTS's um, competing format instead. Fucking brilliant. Well done. It's bullshit absolute fucking bullshit it it doesn't add anything at all no um i mean like what it adds is bad or anything like that it just it's just word fluff yeah yeah exactly and i mean like this expanded aspect ratio thing discs would and and some streaming content were doing that before this imax enhanced bollocks mission impossible fallout on itunes does the expanded aspect ratio stuff um all of nolan's films on blu-ray or 4k disc do the expanded aspect ratio stuff if this now means that 
unless the studio behind it have some sort of deal with IMAX to call it IMAX enhanced, and then we're not going to get that expanded framing shit, then what the fuck? Like, if Tenet doesn't do this, because Warner don't have a deal with IMAX enhanced, fucking fuming I'll be. Fucking fuming. Um, It just, it's, it is just bobbins. Um, It's word soup farted out just to make things seem a bit more special and there's nothing to it um it's literally 4k hdr picture with imax's proprietary digital remastering technology what the fuck does that mean it's a pretty picture there's a lot of 4k discs that have a pretty picture immersive signature sound delivered by dts that's not even delivered by imax why do you call it DTS enhanced? Like absolute bollock yogurt. Um, I mean the home viewing with no limits. So this fucking thing I'm looking at here. Um, can I bloody screen share or anything on this motherfucker? No, I don't think I can. Bollocks. What's this do? Share screen. I'm fucking, I'm fucking, I'm doing it. I just need to grant my permission. What the fuck do I do this? Screen recording. Yeah, fine. Skype, do it. Ah, it won't be able to record your contents of your screen until you quit. Right, bollocks to it then. Right, I'm just going to send you a picture. Right. IMAX are trying to cash some checks with this, and I'm fairly sure they're going to bounce. An IMAX original film, The Journey of South Pacific. Look at the fish, or the whatever it is. It's coming out of the screen. Yeah. That but, doesn't happen. But, yeah. <laughs> like, that, that doesn't happen. What the fuck are you... Like, what are you trying to... Home viewing with no limits... Yeah, there's a limit. It's called the edge of the fucking TV. Uh, it, 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 so, I don't get it. <laughs> it like, I, it's... If they try to say, so it looks so real, you'll think it's real, right? I'd be very worried if there was a big fish in the middle of my living room. I, I'd like, also wonder why there's a small man there as well. Well, and that. So it says here, the only way to experience IMAX's signature picture, sound and scale in the home. But no, it's not like the, the, the sound, the scale. There is no extra scale. It looks exactly the same. There's no expanded aspect ratio. Like I say, the video looks really good. But what the fuck are IMAX actually doing to the picture? They're not. They're doing nothing. It's it's made it has made me rather annoyed because I saw it in Tesco. I didn't have any intention of fucking buying Bad Boys for Life on 4K disc for twenty five pound. Twenty five pound. I didn't have any, but it was like IMAX enhanced shit. Well, I wonder if there's like an expanded aspect ratio or something like that. Then that's it. That's interesting. Watch the entire fucking film. None of it. None of it. It's like it doesn't change the aspect ratio either. No. There's oh. like obviously like it just didn't in the cinema either. I'm assuming 
even though then the question is, what the fuck's the point in watching it in IMAX? Apart yeah. from the fact that the, the, the screen's bigger. But I can't have a bigger screen than my TV at home. If it magically turned my, my TV into a wall-encompassing screen, then yeah, all right then, fair enough, great stuff. I'll, I'll buy all the IMAX-enhanced shit I can. Um, so basically, all I can say is, IMAX-enhanced, go fuck yourself. And if it means now that if you, the studio doesn't have IMAX-enhanced branding, I'm not going to get my fucking expanded aspect ratio, then I... No, no, no. That's a bad IMAX. Um, get fucked. Um, also, in what I've been watching, The Adventures of Tintin, The Secret of the Unicorn. Um, fancied watching a film and Lottie was around, started watching it. And then she like put down her iPad after a couple of minutes, like the opening credits had her. And we ended up watching the entire thing. The Adventures of Tintin, The Secret of the Unicorn, is a treat. That film slaps. It bangs. It slaps. It does all those good things. Um, the bits with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, I understand that Thompson and Thompson were characters in Tintin. Don't think they were necessarily needed in the film. But it's a Steven Spielberg-directed action-adventure film, and no one talks about it. Um it's great. It's really good. It's a fun mystery. It's charming. The one kind of like one shot looking action sequence where um it's like a chase and they're kind of like going down the um the streets in uh, Morocco, I think it is. It's fucking brilliant. Um it's really really good and I'm quite sad that they never they never made any more. Yeah, cuz the, the whole idea was that it was going to be different directors um taking on different stories, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think you know originally they had people like Peter Jackson was going to do one. I think he produced it, didn't he, as well? Yeah, and then Fincher right. uh, was going to do one. And they, it's they, a real shame more doesn't get made. It is great, is the adventure. Yeah, you really like. Yeah, you know, I, I I couldn't get on with it, but then again, I fucking hate Tintin. I always really liked Tintin. You say it's because I was a bad Tory. It you? is. It is an incredibly Tory cartoon. Yeah, it is. Whatever. I mean, it, 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 it um. It did 373 worldwide, which, given the scale of this, does feel like that's probably not good enough. Um, so, I, you know, I get it. But it feels like, it, it, it you know, it's, a, it, I, it's just the fact that it's a Steven Spielberg directed action adventure film that no one talks about. Mm it's just it's completely disappeared it's weird. um yeah it's it's really weird it's really weird um and i like I, i'm just trying to find out what the budget was but it, i can't really see it anyway 135 yeah okay so basically it it essentially would have made its money back and done fuck all else that obviously wasn't what they were intending on um no i think at the time i think the idea was they were intending on it essentially being being akin to something like um harry potter yeah yeah, yeah. they were looking at six seven 
Yeah, I, it's I don't know. It's just it's it's su- such a shame. Um, you know, I mean, it's written by Stephen Moffat, Edgar Wright, and Joe Cornish. Obviously, directed by Steven Spielberg, produced by Peter Jackson, and it's just a lot of fun. I mean, the, the cast are, re- are are really good. I mean, Andy Serkis is doing some fucking fantastic work as Captain Haddock. Um, and uh, it, it just even the fact that um the dog gets plenty to do. The dog gets some really, really solid stuff to do in this. I mean, Lossie was all about Snowy. Um, and I'm not surprised. That dog's the best. Um, so, the yeah. There as well. Sorry? Snowy's amazing in the cartoons as well. He's like um, Inspector Gadget's dog as well, but does more than... Well, that was kind of like the... Inspector Gadget was the mock sort of short version of it, wasn't it? Oh. I think maybe it was the animation style. I think that did put people off, yeah. It is a bit peculiar, isn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, I just, I, it, it's, it, it's, a, it was a lot of fun. It was just a random watch on Netflix, and I'm really, really glad I did it. It won't be nearly as long in between watches this time, I don't think. So, yeah, uh, Adventures of Tintin. It's, it's very, very good. If there was a 4K, I'd be intrigued, but there probably would never be. Um, so that is it for what we've been watching are we okay to continue or does anyone want a break i'm good okay we shall pile on in to the itunes 99p rental of the week which this week is kevin costner's the postman his follow-up to waterworld i believe um or was tin cup in between there or just trying to think now uh, let's have a look. Uh, iPad's going mental. He did uh, Waterworld Tin. Yeah, Tin Cup was in between. But um, yeah, it wasn't him directing, was it? It was Ron Shelton who directed that one. Wow. Um, so starring Kevin Costner, Will Patton, Olivia Williams, uh, Lorenz Tate and uh, Tom Petty as himself, question mark. Um, he, he has confirmed that it was playing himself. OK, fair enough. Fuck it out. So. <sighs> the Postman. Um, it's set in a kind of a post-apocalypse world where there had been like some sort of plague or yeah yeah um it caused a war and it uh, okay yes the plague caused a war um the eponymous postman played by kevin costner he comes across a postman's uniform sticks it on he's a bit hungry one day and he says after escaping from uh will patton's uh Law of Eight Tribe. I can't remember what they're called. There was a lot going on in this film. Um, he wants some food. He delivers some post and says, if I deliver this post, can I have some food? Uh, the town say yes. Olivia Williams says, could you fuck me, please? And he says, I'll have to have a think about it. And then later on, yes. Um, and it's kind of like the madcap adventures of will Patton every now and then running into kevin costner and then having a bit of a war um along with 
Kevin Costner reigniting the United States Postal Service. Um, it's based on a book, um, which is kind of surprising because it did kind of feel like Kevin Costner just wrote this on some sort of drug trip. Um, but Mark was very, very much looking forward to this. And I'm, I'm just going to ask with a simple question, Mark. Why? <laughs> why? Uh, because I really like the postman. Like, genuinely, it's not a, what is it? I genuinely like this movie. It's It's got a an epic scale. First of all, it's a post-apocalyptic film, and I enjoy post-apocalyptic films. Um, I enjoy spending screen time with Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's an oddity, this movie, in that it's, it's set within a world, a post-apocalyptic world, but it, it, it's got such an odd vibe to it. You know, you've got Will Patton there playing this general who is marshalling, you know, it, it, you don't know what's happening beyond this little pocket of, um, of, of Southern America that he's taken over. Mm. I was in middle America that he's taken over. You don't know what else is happening in the rest of the world. The rest of the world could be fine. No, they keep mentioning about other places. They do, but it could be that could just be a smoke screen. So, so you're dealing with essentially a small area that this fucking madman has taken over, and has this army that's based in this quarry, uh, and they are essentially acting like fucking like a version of William the Conqueror. It, it, it's mental, but then you just find out just casually that he used to be a copier salesman. (laughs) And it's like, wow, you you just cut through the fucking teeth of it completely. And it just, it makes the whole thing just seem more just random. And then you throw Tom Petty in it, playing Tom Petty. Giovanni Rabisi playing every late 90s, early noughties Giovanni Rabisi character. Um, (laughs) I like how on Wikipedia it says, starting with the breakdown of society through hate crimes and racially motivated attacks by a militia-like group. That's never referenced in the film. They must have got that from the book. It is in the book, yes. Um, It's also the madness of the fact that Kevin Costner clearly went on holiday, was at the airport or something and went, was buying whatever he was buying and saw a thing and said, oh, the postman. Why not? Did something to read on the beach, didn't it? Got that, <laughs> went on the beach, and then went, hmm, I might need $100 million. I need to make this motherfucker. <laughs> uh, it's so earnest. Um, I, I love the fact that, that Ian described what happened with Olivia Williams there, and it sounds like, you, you know, if people haven't seen The Postman, it would sound like you're doing that with a mild amount of kind of like, derision towards it no that is literally yeah. what happens <laughs> yeah she just literally just wants his semen mm. you know as a body father as a body, body father, father. What a body father. yeah I, I literally every time i watch this i turn to becky and just go can you imagine what would happen if somebody in this entire town just owned a turkey basket <laughs> They just get him to jack off into loads of jugs and then say, bye, first man. Yeah, yeah, and then she'd just be there just fucking going up, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I, still really enjoyed my time with the postman. I like the fact that it's mental. I like the fact that it builds this massive crescendo of two middle-aged men rolling around. <laughs> uh, the thing 
same. Like I, I don't usually like earnest movies. They bother me. Yeah. This is achingly earnest. Oh yeah. But I kind of love it for it. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I love Kevin Costner. Absolutely love watching Kevin Costner films. Robin Hood Prince of Thieves was one of my favourite movies when I was younger, much to my shame now. Good but he's, he's, he's got a great on-screen presence and charisma. Charm, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it, it, you know, it, it, yes, we like post-apocalyptic movies and stuff like that, but I think the kind of, the idea behind it, and this is going to sound really cheesy, but the idea behind it that really something as simple as being able to send and receive letters can spark hope and then reignite civilization is just it's just beautiful so Ian, had you seen this before no because no. um, so so <laughs> I, I i was the one guy who saw this at the cinema I was that I was that one person in the UK that saw this at the cinema because I went to see it. It did well, didn't it? No. It says it was a major critical and commercial success on the. No, movie. that is that is what well, those are lies. Is it not? No. Has <laughs> Kevin Costner been like it, editing the, the thing himself? It cost eighty million dollars and made twenty. Oh wow, that's not like that's yeah. literally like worldwide as well, isn't it? Like yeah. it it it. Bombed. Um, Absolutely fucked it. Released on Christmas of '97 by Warner Brothers, the postman was a major critical and commercial art failure. Failure, yeah, you need to read the actual full thing. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it was. Um, Yeah, I went to see the cinema, um, and there was like me. I think I was on my own, but I, I have enjoyed it since then. I've owned it on DVD. I didn't rent this on iTunes. No, 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 no. I bought it on iTunes. We'll get rewatched because I will rewatch it. I mean, and it's three ninety nine well spent. Um, I mean, it's weirding me out how kind of close the plot is in the broadest sense to Death Stranding, because that's literally <laughs> about delivering packages to people to try to reconnect America. Um, yeah. Um, the Postman. It's it it feels like there's an eight hour film crammed into a three hour film. <laughs> um the the fucking montages in this where it's like in it feels like entire sequences have been filmed and chopped down into five seconds of a montage. Um hell of a thing. I mean like so the start of the film You've got him with um, that other guy and Giovanni Rabisi and and Will Patton. And then that kind of feels like that could be one film. That whole thing could be one film. And, you know, some interesting world building there. You know, people are fucking booing the trailer of Universal Soldier. And they all just really, they're fucking thirsty for the sound of music. Yeah. Which incredible but i get it though because like in that world what they probably want in their downtime from slavery is something like the sound of music so you know you get it yeah oh you know they probably don't want universal fucking soldier um so yeah so you've got that section and then he gets caught up in the in the river and it's like right those other characters are just completely gone and then 
you've got the the section in um what is it Pineview with Olivia Williams. Yeah. Um, and then he's off delivering things, and then Will Patton comes back again, and I fucking adore that Will Patton never recognizes who he is until <laughs> yeah, that he just ed- shaved his beard. Because he sh- yes, because it's, he it's shaved his on, fucking beard. It's a full on Mr. Burns Homer Simpson thing, isn't it? It's it, it oh, yeah, it, that's a perfect analogy. It's incredible how that penny doesn't drop. I mean, and it's not like he was just some random who escaped. He had him in his office and they were like doing Shakespeare quotes at each other. Um, Barmy, you know, just the, the way that every time, because Will Patton will disappear for like chunks of the film. <laughs> and every time he comes back, it kind of seem, seems like he's gotten grander. And it's like the, the, the last time it cut, cuts back to him for like the final act, it's like, what, is he just, is he basically the president now? Like, he's living in this, like, kind of like this almost, like, palatial-looking place. It's like, well, fucking hell, good for you, Will Patton. Um, I mean, the the body father stuff is mental. I feel so fucking sorry for her ex who gets killed. Like, by the end of the film, she has just completely been um, cock-blinded by the majesty of Kevin Costner. Um yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, and it sounds reductive, but it, it basically is. Like, it's just the fact that Costa's character is an asshole for a lot of the film. Um, seems to be the inspiration to everyone, despite himself. <laughs> yeah. um, he he accidentally inspires people to do things that he's not that bothered about. No, I mean, that, well, sorry, Bex, go on. He's drawn into being this figure of like, like in inspiration and hope for the future and stuff. And he just wanted some fucking food and a bath. <laughs> yeah, because the person who gets the postal service going back is Lorenzo Tate. I mean that 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 yeah. I mean that's a bit. I mean it's an interesting idea that it's like oh oh it's almost like being there where Peter Sellers like everybody like talks to him and he says these things and they all interpret it in the way that they. Want to interpret? Have you guys seen being there? Yeah, we we, we did it for. Oh, that's uh, right. Playing it forward, didn't we? Forward, yeah. Yeah, of course we did. Sorry. So yeah, it's like it, it it's like that. Everything he says, they're all just interpreting it in the way that they want to fucking interpret it. And it's like I I mean he's basically taking the piss out of Lorenz Tate when he enrolls him into the fucking uh the postal service, yeah. but then he runs with it. Um, oh, I mean oh. that. Just that section where they like him and Olivia Williams basically come out of hibernation, and it's like the U.S. Postal Service has basically resumed production. It's uh, I, I don't know. It's it, it's it, it's incredible. Um, Can we talk about the big dick energy that Olivia Williams has got in this film? Oh, please do go ahead. I mean, the bit where he's like. I can't live on this. It's just water and grass, and we're running out of grass. And she just stares him in the fucking eyes, takes his horse outside, and shoots it. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. The thing is, you you completely forgot that's what happened. Yeah. I was like, you? oh, they're keeping the horse in the house, thinking to myself, oh, <laughs> she's going, <laughs> so, she's going so, hunting for some rabbits. Or I told her once. I was like, do you not know what happens here? She's like, like, where she goes a hunting. I was like, no. <laughs> and then literally they said, no. There was a bang, <laughs> and he just went. Oh. And then I swear she just walks back into the fucking house, locks eyes with him again, fucking moan about the food again. This is what happens. 
Bill 3, gone. Bill 3 is gone, yeah. And they're fucking burning the house down, right? If you want to get off his ass, any other one. Burning his cabin down. That is, she is mental. She is mental. Because I mean, she's <laughs> your kind of woman, dude. You know yeah. what? Oh, she's marvellous. Um, <laughs> but, like, it is. It, do, you want me, do you want me to burn your house down? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but I'm just saying, if, if you want to be. If the thing is there. All she wants to do is she makes it plainly obvious that she just... say if you wanted me to like you? That's what it sounded like you were going with. Uh, But she just wants him to just get her to a a town that's safe to have the baby in, right? At this point, she doesn't want anything, still doesn't want anything to do with it. Just wants to get him to help her get to a town where it's suitable for her to settle with the baby, right? He could have gone back to that fucking cabin. <laughs> it was fine for him. No, bitch burned it down. Bitch did burn it down. Yeah, well, full left eye. Mm. And it, it's just like that, the, the sex scene that they have. It's like, this is grotty. This is really grotty. It's, you know, it, it's functional sex, but it's presented in this kind, in, in, in a sexy way. Um, I've got to say as well, the last scene was just chef's kiss shit. It's like 30 years later and everything's back to normal. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just, you know, they've, they've all got 90s clothes on. There's a microphone. There's a TV camera. Um, like, the, the, the resumption of the US Postal Service has brought peace to the land. And that that's that's a beautiful earnest idea, but it's also just the dumbest fucking shit. Um, and just that last scene of the reveal of the statue, and that guy <laughs> looking at the fucking statue and going, "That kid was me." Yeah, I mean, it, it, literally, it might not be. <laughs> it might not be. He might have grabbed letters off loads of get loads of people. Oh man, fuck it. No, all he does all day, all day, is he trolls kids with letters, yeah. runs past them, and then comes back to them just to <laughs> see if he can grab it. That's Either all- that, or, or that one guy has the weakest fucking pickup line in the world. <laughs> like, he's sitting there, he's gone, he looks at that girl and gone, let's go, that little boy's me. <laughs> uh, it just... Uh, and just the fact that like the last shot is just like the fucking kid smiling, and in the end credits, I swear that kid was something Costner. It, 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 it's his kid, yeah. All yeah. his kids are in it. Yeah, all his kids are in it. Oh, fuck's sake. Um, I mean, you know, Kevin Costner was like right was riding pretty high in the nineties, and the fact that he got this made, good on him. You know, I mean, like it look it looks like a film, cinematography lovely great james newton howard score you know um but like you said mark the action climax of this film is two men rolling around in a field <laughs> it really is it's it's so amusing the fact that there's not it's not even like the end of streets of fire where there's a proper fucking fight it's two guys rolling around mm. it is a writer and a copy machine salesman having a fight yeah and that that's that that's what it is. And I think that's why it works so beautifully. That's it. I think it's the, the stupidity of what's what's holding civilization back is this jump jump copy of salesman. Mm. 
the mental thing is, um, the the film that he directed. <laughs> the crew referred to the film as Dirt World. <laughs> <laughs> the film that he directed before this was Dancing with Wolves, which of course is really good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then the film he directed after this was Open Range. Which is fantastic, a really, really underrated western. Um, it's just, it's so odd that this is the, this is the one that's in between. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, I it, it's there's 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 plenty of stuff in the film. I mean, I I don't think. Uh, it, it, it didn't necessarily feel like there was too much padding. I mean, it is just like quite an epic story. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, it, it's it, it just it could have been a bit more entertaining, I suppose. You know, I mean, like the world building's pretty pretty crazy, and I, I you you get the sense of what Costner's trying to do here. But yeah. I, d- I don't know. I mean, the the fucking the action climax is two men rolling around in a field. <laughs> really? Is. And and but it's 177 minutes long. Yep. I I also like that. I like the fact that it's way too long. Doesn't feel too long though. But like Ian says, if there was an eight-hour cut out there, I would watch the shit out of it. <laughs> The thing is, when we often watch this, and we have watched it a few times, haven't we? Yeah. We never start watching it like early enough for it, to, you know, to, to fit it all in. We're always still watching it at like half one in the morning, aren't mm. we? Yeah, we never sort of knock it off and go to bed, do we? No. I, I yeah. It's. I I still really like it. <laughs> and I know that I'm in a vast vast minority. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, because I, I don't think it's a geostorm. Um, it might be a really mild, definitely not shit, but, or may, maybe maybe a touching cloth. I don't know. It just, there, there are moments in it I really like. And to be fair, Olivia Williams' quiet psycho hose beast is... Um, it, it's kind of making me like tip it into definitely not shit. When like she, just when when she's captured and she's in that tent and she's looking around and you're thinking what's she looking for and then she just kicks the fucking chair to break her leg off and then smacks that guy in the face with it. It's it, you look at it going the most badass character <laughs> in the entire film is Olivia Williams. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, yeah. I like that. And again, the wonder of of walking up to Tom Petty and going, hey, you, you're that guy. Yeah, yeah, I wrote some songs. And it, it, it's that that oddity. It's the same as in Running Man mm. with Mick Fleetwood. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I just... I like that, the, the, the oddity of him being mayor and then him being such a mad mayor with the fucking, the zip line thing. He's like, you know what? Occasionally I just fucking ride this just for fun. It's like, you mad bastard. Well played, Tom Petty. Costner actually filmed that scene. What? It wasn't a stunt double, the zip line one. Yeah. 
the chair was pulled along the the scene was pulled by a helicopter. <laughs> Good for him, man. That is mental. He did all his own horse riding as well because he's a skilled equestrian. Yeah. How about you? See, that's another thing. That adds to his quickness. There's something good about a man who can ride a horse. I can ride a horse. Without falling off. I, I didn't say I could do it well. <laughs> I think my entire horse riding experience has been a horse going, this is really fucking high. That was a fun day. I wouldn't let you get off either, would I? I no. I have to get off. No. <laughs> that was funny. Twat. <laughs> Where are you with it, Bex? Oh, it's definitely not shit. Yeah, good. Oh, dear. Um, so, our audience poll, sorry, our audience poll on the first was definitely not shit 33%, touching cloth 50%, and shit 17%. Aww. I'm fine with that. You're right with that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm mildly surprised it was that high to be fair. <laughs> We do have uh, we do have Twitter questions. Uh, Rick Jacob has actually peppered us with Twitter questions. Oh, we right. also have an Instagram question from oh, right. uh, from uh, Jordan Jordan's weekly Instagram question. Yeah. Which is IKEA meatballs? Yeah or no? Yes. I want to try making them at home. Right, but that's not IKEA meatballs. That's at home meatballs. Yeah. Just yes. No. <laughs> no. I really like Swedish meatballs. No, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I don't what's mind Swedish meatballs, but I don't what's like. Wrong with, what's wrong with the Swedish meaties? I don't mind Swedish meatballs. I don't like IKEA's version of them. I don't trust that they haven't been there for like. I don't trust that the ones that people had today aren't the ones that they've just reheated from when they closed the doors in March. Not. It, are, you, are you sure about that though? Because I don't think people are. I'm inordinately excited about for someone that that really enjoys cooking and really likes my nice food. I am way more excited than I should be about the fact that all the McDonald's drive-throughs yeah, are reopened it, this it, week. It, it's sad how excited you are about that. I know. I just want a fucking Big Mac. Anyway. Salted fries. Anyway. Uh, Rick J Kid. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask all these questions because fuck it, why not? Is it as well? Yeah. Okay. Uh, free for answer one, some of or all of these. So number one, he says, we are living through a combination of contagion and do the right thing. What films will 2020 have us living through next? I'm guessing the birds or Godzilla. Hmm. What's that Marky Mark Wahlberg one? Is that happening? Yeah, that. All the trees are going to turn on. All the next. bees are going to go mental. Yeah. Bees are going to go mental. Yeah. The bees. Oh, Murder shit. hornets are going to kill all the bees. That's, the, that's, a, that's bleak. I mean, it's 2020. Yeah. It is. Everything's bleak. I, 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 I think probably The Running Man and then The Postman. Yeah. You know, uh, two <laughs> films that have both been mentioned today. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I definitely think The Postman, but possibly by the way of 28 Days Later. What about that other one? The the, the the bleak earth bit of Interstellar. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, we have just sent a, the first commercial um, well, yeah. spaceship. It's fucking Interstellar. Yeah, all right, fair enough. It's a good one, that one. Uh, question number two. 
what novel would you like to see adapted into a movie? For me, it's an obscure novel in the show, uh, the Shadowrunner series called Two um, XS, uh, which is a cyberpunk detective story. Well, now number four of the Robert Langdon series by <laughs> Dan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to see a good movie adaptation of The Stand. All right, then. Instead of a TV adaptation. Yeah. It's so fucking long, though. Yeah, it would need to be a couple of movies. But I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it done well. And I'd love to see a fucking proper set of movie adaptations of the Dark Tower series. But that's been fucked, hasn't it? That's never going to happen now. Ian? Um, I honestly don't know. Um, I haven't read a novel in I don't fucking know how long. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm ever so sorry. I don't think I'm well placed to answer this. I'm trying to think. I'm one of the few people who, I adore American Psycho, the novel, mm. but didn't get on with the film. You like to see that readapted? I think that the I issues with it because it changed too much and it, it didn't feel like a adaptation. I was really excited for it because Christian Bale's fantastic and he's perfectly cast and perfectly pitched, but I just I didn't I didn't like the way the film went with it all for me from from the book i'd like to see there's a book that i read ages ago and it's kind of like a fantasy kidsy type book it's called the book of lost things oh yeah i'd like to see that film cool uh right next one i've lost my copy of that book and it makes me sad like almost weekly i remember that i've lost it i mean you could just buy it all see i can't get it in hardback anymore uh I rewatched The Cat of Monte Cristo last week. What classic tale would you like to see a new version of? Mm. Ooh, everyone's, everyone's going a bit. I don't know, you see, because the classic films that I like, I wouldn't want to be remade because I like the existing versions of them. Don't matter, you can have a, a more modernised version of them. Give me, give me like the Mask of the Red Death. I want another fucking version of that for these times. Why not? Go with that. I want to see some Mark Desard stuff going on. Mark Desard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know on that one. I want some horny anti-Catholic shit going on. See a Cleopatra movie that hasn't got Elizabeth fucking Taylor in it. Cleopatra's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, and finally, uh, number four, what are your favourite road trip movies? Fucking big question, that. Road trip. Road trip's a, a solid shout, funnier than it has any right to be. Uh, Midnight Run, probably, for me. Yeah, Midnight Run. Uh, that's a great shout. That's probably the right answer, right? I, I do think Midnight Run is the right answer. Planes, um, Trains and Automobiles is another. Planes, Trains and Automobiles is, is magnificent. Um, I never categorised that as a road trip movie. My brain automatically categorised it as a holiday season movie. That's Vacation. The original Vacation movie. Uh, almost Famous. Ooh. Oh, fuck, yeah. A road trip movie, technically. Uh, and I'm going to throw Dumb and Dumber in there as well. 
Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, midnight one, I think, is the, the right answer. It's the correct answer. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah agree. The first movie I bought on iTunes, Midnight Run. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I've now owned Midnight Run on every format that I can. <laughs> Sweet. Laserdisc. I did have it on Laserdisc, yes. No. I've had it on VHS, um, recorded from a rental copy of VHS, then VHS when I actually bought it. Um, no, you're allowed to make yourself a copy. You're not allowed to watch it. Oh. It's a really weird little bylaw. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Weird. It's like you're allowed to, before you used to be allowed to legally, uh, technically, you weren't supposed, if you, you were allowed to legally record things off TV, but technically you were supposed to delete it within a certain amount of days. Oh. Yeah. And now there's the skybox just hanging out with everything on there. Yeah. Amazing. Do you have a video plus? Video plus. Yeah. Video plus for if you wanted to miss the first six minutes of everything. <laughs> yeah, you have to put a code. You have to put a code in your video plus. Video plus code. Yeah. yeah. They were shit. My dad had one of them. It was fucking useless. It was useless. It was absolutely useless. My dad just used it to record like Corey. <laughs> yeah, they had to start doing the timers for it, so it would be ten minutes before the thing started and ten minutes after the thing started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it for questions. That's it for questions. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know what we're going to cover next week. Um, the 99p rental of the week's a good one. What for you? Are they strangers? Yeah, but it's one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's definitely going to be a good one. I think. Yeah, it's um. I don't know. It's 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 difficult because it's like we've got like the Five Bloods, then Artemis Fowl, then Eurovision. Uh, have in the three watched, weeks after. Have you watched uh, the Artemis Fowl trailer on um, on Disney Plus? No, don't think so. Right, so the trailer that's on Disney Plus. Literally, it is just the trailer from you know, that would have been shown in cinemas. So literally, it, it ends with a, a trucy noise, and it's Artemis Fowl. And it's about to give you like the the, the in theaters and blah bit and all that lot, and it just cuts off midway through somebody saying stuff but it looks so much like a like a straight to streaming service film mm. yeah it, it looks ropey that, that new trailer is shit it looks ropey mm. but i'm gonna make mark watch a film called daniel isn't real that's on sky if it's on now tv you could watch that what is it patrick schwarzenegger plays an evil imaginary friend i'm already fully out you are wow. in you are watching it yeah. um Patrick fucking Schwarzenegger, Jesus. Um, you will get the fuck over it and watch it. Yeah, we'll have to work out what the hell we're going to cover next week. But we'll be covering something, won't we? <laughs> we've been talking, I don't know, we fucking, we've been talking about doing like video game movies and shit for a, a little bit. Bex, give us, give us a couple of video game movies to watch. Silent fucking Hill. Always Silent Hill. Um... I don't know. I could suggest some. I could. I could. Have, have, have a day I to have think about think, it. Yeah. Have a day to think about it, and then we'll announce it on the the, the Twitter and the Instagram. Yeah. I could make you watch Doom, the film that is most freaky for the fact that Dwayne the Rock Johnson has hair. Mm. I'll definitely watch Silent Hill. Um, I've been <laughs> looking for an excuse to watch that for fucking ages. Silent Hill. What about the si- We could watch both Silent Hills. No, let's not. Let's watch something else. 
Go on, Mark. You pick a fucking video game movie. Oh, video game movie. I'll have to think. Not a, not a movie based on fucking Sensible World of Soccer or anything bullshit. There is a really good documentary about Sensible World of Soccer. We are not watching that. Oh, and now hang on, hang on, hang on. If, if Becky, you've had a choice, so Mark, should, Mark gets a choice as well. I will. I will have a. I'll have a think. We could. We could all suggest one. We could do three. Yeah, we're do, Well, we're doing Street Fighter. Street Fighter, nice. Street, <laughs> Street Fighter. Oh, my yours could be DOA Dead or Alive. <laughs> it might well be. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll have a think on my big, big one now. I I don't know why I, I I don't know why I just came out with that. It just kind of like struggling for content a little bit next week so why not silent hill street fighter and i will come up with one nice and three identical strangers as the itunes rental of the week good stuff right (laughs) um patreon.com forward slash film bastards two dollars a month uh if you want more content please do think about it if not it's all good um thank you very much mark thank you very much becky Thank you, Roger. Thank you very much. And we'll get the fuck out of your ears. Speak to you next week. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.